Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So in lieu of our normal show open banter, we're going to implore you, I guess, to check out our bonus pod. Yes, please, please, please check out our bonus pod. <laughs> there was no way we were going to be able to not go extremely long on a Star Wars teaser trailer and Game of Thrones coming back. And we did. And we went, We re- yeah, we recorded 20 plus minutes of content yeah. and we cut that down. And we normally try to keep this segment to three minutes, so <laughs> that was not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So check that out. All right, so we'll get right into baseball today. Today on the pod, we are going to talk about StatCast data. We're going to talk first a little bit about what StatCast data is and what's available from it, specifically looking at batters. Then we're going to talk a little bit about what we're trying to do and what algorithms we're trying to use to understand that data including just simply getting the data into hand. And then after the break, we'll talk a little bit about some of the outlier players that StatCast has identified and things that we might want to follow up on. So here we go. I thought we could just kick around a StatCast data primer, you and I here. Works for me. For people that haven't seen this before, you might have seen the slick interface, but not really understand exactly what's going on. And I'm I'm there with those people, with the, those listeners. I'm heavily couching the rest of this discussion in that we don't understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just say, you know, briefly, data scientists like us rejoiced upon the release of pitch FX and later StatCast data. And now we have this embarrassment of riches, and frankly, we haven't fully figured out what to do with them. We get Yeah, why would we be able to understand any of it? We get all the data on every single pitch. But we're not really going to worry about the pitches today to try and simplify this a little tiny bit. Okay. For batters, we get a extremely detailed look at what happens when the ball is hit. Yep. And we also get an understanding of their plate discipline. Frankly, that is where my knowledge absolutely dies, and I cannot understand that right now. I need to develop my own framework, I think. I know. One of the things that we talked about early on in the pod development was that we needed to there are a couple of different routes that we could go in terms of like getting better for the podcast one was like no more just general baseball terminology one was no more general data science uh terminology what we didn't add to that list was no baseball data science terminology (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and i think it's clear that uh, that Statcast is also not adhering to that rule. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's it. that's exactly it. Because you sort of, we're starting to get our bearings around fan graphs and advanced baseball analytics. And then Darren William, Will Willman, Men, Willman, um, he's kind of going. He's adding stuff pretty fast and heavy. That's even further afield. As something that I think we both don't necessarily enjoy, there's been a lot of development on the interface side of mm-hmm. StatCast. 
and the interface side tends to mean that things get harder for guys that are just trying to scrape down the data, as we recently saw with the ESPN uh, player owner numbers. Right. Right. But they've done a good job of um, of making all of this, making a lot of this data accessible, at least the data products at a pretty high level. So we're in business. Yeah, we're in business for scraping. And that's basically what we've done in the past. Uh, I've used the pitching data. I used it last week, frankly. So I used the scraping data, but I haven't, the thing that I haven't done is necessarily pivot to the hitters yet. And I don't really know, do you have a sense, I mean, do you have a gut feeling on which side of the ball we fantasy is helped more by StatCast? I think we know intuitively how to analyze StatCast data for pitchers. Uh Like how to identify pitchers that are not hitting their spots, Nick Pavetta, Um, (laughs) or who have something lacking on their fastball, Chris Sale. You know, these are things that we have such a big sample that it's really, really helpful, the StatCast data, to have like another picture. And it's sort of intuitive, a lot of the pieces to get... um, really fast fantasy information. But I think that like, you know, everybody was into batted ball speed like the last two years. And it's like, okay, cool. Miguel Sano. Oh wait, he actually doesn't show up ever. And he gets hurt and all these different things that, you know, then there's another added, added layer. Um, and then it's so much, there's, there's so many more variables. A pitcher controls his pitches, right? Right. And then if a hitter hits it, they hit it, et cetera. So we have an out, we have some outcomes. But on the hitting side, um, Chris Davis could hit a ball that in 1982 would have been a hit, and today is fielded. Yep. So there are more variables than that need to be controlled for. I think so. I think we definitely start with pitching. You have done a lot with the pitching data, and I think that's the right place to start. We'll start going in on the uh, hitting data later on. <laughs> right. And so therefore, I think it's it's probably good for us to talk about, to talk a little bit about the hitting data, because I would like to take us in that direction at some yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't, you, why don't you take a minute to tell us about our interlude here, about the, the actual scraping and what you, have, what you learned this week on that? Well, it's sort of interesting. So you've been the one who's been working in StatCast, um, did a little bit behind the curtain. Mike has definitely been a little bit more into advanced analytics players and stat cast pieces. And I've been more into the like fantasy. Um, I mean, I guess I'd call it game theory, but that's not really true. But looking at um, fantasy pros, trying to get uh, ownership, trying to get, um, trying to get information about how fantasy players see baseball players. Well, you sent me over your scraper, and I tried to make some sense of it. And um, it's probably helpful because you had something that worked, and I had something. And then I had to look at it to see um, how could we make this a little bit more robust. And that starts with player IDs, so we can quickly grab um, information by player. And then I notice, like you've got this whole script, and all it's doing is grabbing the pitcher player IDs. We've got this whole other side that it that you hadn't. Um, I hadn't tackled yet, so I had to. I added that batters, not hitters. That's right. Oh yeah, that's as I he, found out. He calls them batters. Yeah, yeah. So it's good, right? I I knew that it wasn't robust, and I knew that, and I had explained to you yesterday before I sent this that 
there i knew it was going to be annoying because it it basically loops through twice once just to figure out what statcast internally is referring to each player or how it's referring to each player and then another time to actually go grab the data right so i think what we have to do and we had done this when we were looking at um when we we're doing growth curves is that we need to maintain the dictionary of player IDs. I assume that they don't change. Do you know if they change? Uh, they don't No, not across seasons. So we'll have to maintain that. And then um, the robustness is having the option to read in new player IDs or not. All right. Well, we haven't really figured out what else we're going to do with this yet. So I thought we'd spend the rest of the pod talking about a little bit about our expectations and then a little bit of just what we see with our eyes when we look at the data. So first of all, I really don't, I still am not even at a point where I understand enough about StatCast to know what a normal distribution looks like. And frankly, oh, exactly. frankly yeah. this is this is the fault of people who are using StatCast data, particularly in baseball games right now. Announcers will only highlight something when it's an extreme outlier. Oh, I know. And we, I was thinking that I, I, I was exactly thinking that when we were uh, watching for, well, I was watching Cody Bellinger footage. Yeah. It's like all these stack hat stuff. It's like, okay, cool. I don't know what that means. Right. It's a huge outlier. Right. So they'll tell you something like I was watching a twins game and they'll tell you, you know, they'll always go on and on about Byron Buxton's sprint speed. And like, okay, but what right. does a normal distribution of sprint speeds look like? Like, what am I, like, give me some context. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have at the upper right, you have Billy Hamilton and Byron Buxton, yep. you know, 1A, 1B. I don't know which one's which. And then you have everybody else. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so to some extent, Cody Bellinger, who we'll talk about later, is is like a, a batting version of that as well. You know, like they'll highlight his his some of his extremely long home runs, and like, okay, I guess I guess that's good. Also, I don't know what the distance that he's hitting his home runs means for my fantasy team. Exactly. Yeah, but there is so much data out there that there has to be something useful there has to be something predictive so the question is for me is how do we sift through all of this a figure out what a normal distribution looks like and b figure out what the outliers look like in that and then i guess c figure out what is actually impactful for fantasy right that feels feels like a lot it is a lot this is a big project that's why we are having an entire pod to discuss it (laughs) (laughs) Not all the things we have to cut are explicitly our fault. Here's an outtake. As soon as you can get CSV downloads set. from a website. Okay, searching for download CSV on the App Store. Wow. Thank you, thank you, Siri, for that uh, interlude. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> really funny. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty funny that that uh, Siri came up. And I just want to say, CSV. if anyone's out there. Uh, Alexa, download CSVs. <laughs> the StackCast interface makes it really easy and almost too easy to find outliers. Exactly. 
Right. We did we did a whole podcast on outlier analysis. Yeah. And we found it really difficult. We found it really difficult to statistically find them. Eyeball test is easy. Right. And so this this part is an eyeball test version and ideally what I'm hoping at the end of this discussion that we'll have a sense of okay, what are we actually what algorithm do we actually want to work on developing that helps us pull out relevant fantasy players? Because when you just pull up the straight fantasies or the statcast leaderboard, you know, it starts normal. You got Gary Sanchez, you got Mike Trout, you got Pete Alonso, and then not very far down, you got Matt Adams and like Eddie Rosario, and you're like JD Davis, like, uh, hold on a second. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you guys up here? And then yeah, and then you have the returns to normally you have Chris Davis, Joey Gallo, you're like, Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then Mitch Moreland is up here. <laughs> like what why is Mitch Moreland fourteen when you land on this page? <laughs> Yeah, and these are the things, though, is like, you know, um, as we get into this analysis, we want to, like, no, um, you know, there are a lot of false positives here where we want to avoid, like, going overboard for the known entities who just, like, you know, Mitch Moreland probably, what is BBE? That's just, that's just the number of batted ball events. Ah, okay, see, okay, perfect, because this shows... A, a general magnitude yeah and we i mean i think we know who mitch moreland is at this point we're, we're not expecting him to have just like an all of a sudden breakout until you know half of uh until he's playing every day because only pitchers in his platoon yeah that's <laughs> right pitching yeah well, I do see. I do see. Mitch Garver is number seventeen. I guess that explains why uh, Rocco Baldelli is leading him off now. He must be looking at the stack guest. What a great idea! What a great. Idea. <laughs> so what I did just to do this by eyes, I sort of just clicked through because you can you can resort all these columns if you just go to the straight stack guest leaderboard. You can resort all the columns. Just looked at okay, who's high, who's low, what's interesting about these, and I found mm-hmm. a bunch that some some appear to correlate fairly well with fantasy, others are just Don't. terrible like it's really cool i guess that you can tell me the percentage of times that a guy hits in the sweet spot of his bat but let me give you the first five names and you can tell me if you think there's any predictive value here we got howie kendrick daniel vogelbach Ehar adrianza i could never say his name correctly chris ionetta and kurt casali Okay, I guess I'm glad that I can sort by that, but it's not telling me anything useful. Yeah, well, you know, and and what we find is that, like, at the end of the season, if we were to go back and listen to this, one of those guys might actually like do something. But I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's true. (laughs) Right, right, okay, yeah. I mean, I just like so, so this is where outlier analysis would really come in because we'd really want to look at this and say, like, okay, is this a believable? outlier is mm-hmm. one of these five guys is there a reason that we expect them to be up there can we find you know other supporting data that suggests that it's a a, a real outlier and not just a, a noise-based right. outlier because we have we have this problem with like you know we we ran into this sort of when we were doing the outlier analysis there's there's noise that is the standard how do you pick up the noise yeah. from the news from the noise the news from the noise well said uh, but some of these, and then and then they make it kind of easy for you to do like the most extreme of the extreme examples. So they have 
the the exit velocity they'll tell you both the average but they also tell you the maximum exit velocity that somebody hit it with mm-hmm. which i find really interesting because it's like the extreme of the extreme now if you sort by max exit velocity pete alonzo pete alonzo is number one and good thing we got a little mention of him i do appreciate that we got a little mention of him i think he's gonna i i'm willing to say that he's probably gonna be a big deal he's gonna be a big deal yeah i'm in but this list to me and i went down until i found a player that i own in tgfbi uh, nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know how that goes. It takes a little while. Which I'll, I'll I'll list these out. But this list is seems a little bit more fantasy relevant. So exit velocity maximum. The leaders currently, as of this recording, are Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, Mike Zanino, Avisel Garcia, Joey Gallo, Marcelo Zuna, and Rowdy Tellez. That's my boy. Rowdy Tellez. Oh, he's on your team. Oh, yeah. Nice. Number seven. He. Uh, that is a awesome name it is such a good name i'm I'm not saying that that the fact that his name is rowdy is the only reason i picked him up but i'm i'm not upset about it (laughs) yeah the uh if you were to write out the linear regression equation to uh ownership it definitely yeah name there's a little bit oh there's something there the coefficient for it is like (laughs) 0.02 so just from looking at this it seems like the way that darren Wilman wants you to to read this is he wants you to prioritize the barrels per plate appearance, which is how many times the, the batter essentially makes excellent contact with a ball per plate appearance. Okay. Right. And that's how you get, you get a decent list. And so the argument is like, that's a filter. So basically Mike Zunino. Yeah. He's hit one ball really incredibly hard this year, but that is that was an outlier for Mike Zanino. <laughs> the war on Mike Zanino continues. He's not good. He's not. Good. <laughs> he hits home runs when he hits the ball. Every like it's easy to understand this. He he hits he hits the cover off the ball when he makes contact, but right. he only barrels it four point four percent of his plate appearances, and that is not Ooh. often. Not enough. And I only not know enough. that because it's color coded. I don't actually know what a normal distribution <laughs> of barrels per plate appearance looks like. Right, exactly. So uh, if you look at the individual players, they do give you a sense of where they fall on a normal distribution in the sense that they tell you whether they're poor, uh, average, or great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's as far as it gets. And I think one thing that I really want to see is just take all of these stats and slice it up a bunch of different ways and figure out what histograms look like for each one of these. Does that make sense? I mean, I think it does. I think it, I think it will help. And if we remember, if we go back to, um, our stats, one one class, uh, knowledge, we can probably actually describe like the peakiness and whatnot of distributions and actually get a better sense. Sure. So I would say step zero for me is just straight up characterizing the distributions because I I don't know what to expect. And that is really hampering my interpretation as opposed to like something like batting average. I know roughly what the peak of the MLB distribution looks like. So I know when a player mm-hmm. is, is special in, in that regard, but I don't have anything like that for StatCast. 
one of my guilty pleasures is currently reversing the order and seeing who's the worst at StatCast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the problem is right now we've got so many, yeah, zeros and really low, really small sample size. It's but. true. we got to get rid of the zeros. That's why we have to pull this all down so that we can do it ourselves. But I do appreciate... Some of the Ooh. some of the weak ground balls being hit. I did just uh, <laughs> someone that I own in the home league uh, came up when I sorted it by average exit velocity. Draw Dyson. Draw Dyson. He doesn't hit it hard. What? <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That is that is so funny. Seventy three point seven miles per hour is his average. His max is with with an outlier of one hundred two point three in there. His average is 73.7. That's terrible. That is. Wow. I mean, it's a robust number. <laughs> He's pretty fast, though. Yeah. It's kind of like a like get-on-base type thing. Yeah. So I think we developed uh, some ideas for what we want to do. We know that this is interesting, but we still don't really know why it's interesting or how it's interesting. And worse announcers and broadcasts and websites like this are actually, I think, biasing you to the information that is not useful for fantasy. Right. Absolutely. All right. You about ready to wrap this sucker up? Let's talk about Cody Bellinger. Let's do it. Review session. We're far enough in that I think it's actually relevant to report the this year's statistics and maybe believe them. Okay. That's fair. We're more than ten percent. What do we got? We're more than ten percent of the way through the season. What do you want from oh us? Oh my god! How is this going? How is this happening? I know, I know. I got to get my TGFBI team in action again. I, I need <laughs> to get that. <laughs> Too bad we don't have Cody Bellinger on our team because I believe he's number one overall across different formats. Yeah, he's amazing. So he's eighteen games, nine home runs. So one home run every two games currently. What does that mean? He's on pace for eighty-one. It's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. Pretty good. 22 runs, 23 RBIs, so there are plenty of guys on base ahead of him. Uh, three stolen bases. Okay, that's something. And then a blistering 433 average. That's. I think that's going to regress. Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we can definitively say that there is a massive regression coming for Cody Bellinger sometime. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. But at the same time, um, watching him, I mean, and remembering what he did the year before last. No. I don't think it's we're – not, we're not talking about regressing into, you know, Mitch Moreland. No, 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 no. We're talking about regressing to, you know, 336 home runs probably. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So – just on that that quick, why don't we and we jump ahead to what is the over under for his um, ranking at the end of the year? Oh, um, I want to know if it's is it top twenty five? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think he can go top twenty five. I think he's ooh, so twenty four and a half. You would say you would take the. the the over, over the as in he's yeah. not as good. I would, yeah. All right. Not the rest of the way, like the at the end of the season. End of the season, yeah. 
Okay. So all right, I'll take the I'll take the under because I am excited. I was excited after 2017. I always factor in a sophomore slump yeah. because first year that he's playing in the big leagues, you get all that adrenaline going, and then the next year. It's a slog. He played 162 games last year, which is probably the most exciting number from um, oh, for sure. from his stats. Oh, for sure. He um right. I was looking at I was looking at his like reported transactions, and he hasn't had a reported transaction since he was activated from the disabled list in August of 2017. Right. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, he looks it. He looks like he he's a baseball. Player. Of course, he got. He got hit on the knee and left the game yesterday, but we'll... Uh... I know. It was good timing, yeah. The Swiss, <laughs> the Swiss flag is, is next to his I name know. these days. So, can I ask you on his regression, do you think that he's going to have one massive slump, or do you think that he's just going to underperform a tiny bit the rest of the way? I have no idea. Okay. I'm more inclined to think that he's a big slump guy, like, a, you know, like an Aaron Judge-level slump where everyone just mm-hmm. bails on him for no reason. Because to jump on him then? That I that's what I'm saying. I would say that if he if Cody Bellinger enters any sort of of slump, like you gotta go out there and get him. Yeah, there might be a two week period where he goes from like, you know, top six player to outside top thirty. Yeah. And then I would buy like <laughs> kind of then I would buy like crazy. Buy like crazy because this team I think is gonna produce continue to produce. They haven't their um, win loss isn't as good as you would expect, but that's not that's not because they're hitting. They've yeah, they've been yeah. hitting a lot of bombs. Maybe over dependent on the home runs, but they've been hitting bombs. Well, they do have Clayton Kershaw back, so things are going to start to look better. I think. I wonder if Clayton Kershaw is sort of excited just the Puig home run as a big you know blemish. What? How big of a blemish is that? It is Puig. Okay, so I watched. Uh, Bellinger's at bats from the game on four twelve Friday, which was against the Brewers, mostly because I was watching Christian Yelich because I watch him whenever possible. Four fourteen, watch that game. I recognize that. Yeah, I cheated a little bit. Oh, you cheated too because he played first. He started at first base in both of our games. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I made sure that I watched the game where he was starting at first base. So, uh, which is which is interesting. I think that increases his value that they're playing him at a combination of of right field and first base. He's a decent first baseman. He's okay. No, my point is that his that's what allows him to play 162 games. Oh yes. Oh uh, yeah. That's that's the way that he'll get to 162 games. There'll be a lot of games because this is what the Dodgers have been doing. There'll be a lot of games in which. Um, he's going to get one or two at bats because yeah. he's coming in double switching, you know, kind of, kind of thing, yep. playing it third, maybe who knows? Right. <laughs> Something wild. Right. Cause on the, on the, the Friday, the game that I watched, he started in at first base and then moved to right field. <laughs> and yeah. if you look at his game logs there, there's four out of the 18 games that he's switched positions already. Another, another, let's get, just keep, we'll keep going right. with the over-unders here. Um, that seems to be the best way that we do things. Positions of eligibility at the end of the season. I mean, it's, if you, you have to set the line over two or it's not interesting. Well, let's, let's set it at, uh, let's set it at two and a half. I'm taking the under. And when I, we'll say eligibility is 
our home league, which is 10, 10 games. Uh-huh. Sure. Are the outfield Ooh. are the outfield positions independent? No, I, actually, I want to do this. I'll I'll go to three and a half, and I'll let's put eligibility at one game because there are a lot of leagues that have one game of eligibility Ooh. in season. Uh, three and a half, yeah. I'll take the under on that, even with You'll that. Take, I'll take the over. I, yeah. Okay. And outfield is one. Not we're not going to have okay. individual. Yeah. <laughs> Though I would, I would do that to you. Be like, no, he's right field and left field. I know. <laughs> Eligible. I know. Cool. No, I'm really, I'm really in on Cody Bellinger. I was, I was after his during his um, breakout year, and I think that this is this is more the player that he's going to be than the player that he was last year. I agree with that. Is it the place to succeed? So, who are we going to watch this week? Well, you know, in for Jackie Robinson, let's do Jackie Bradley Jr. He's got the flu right now, so hopefully he plays the game this week. Could be a letdown. Could be a letdown. We'll be fine. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.